Ladies and gentlemen, you found the program that pulls no punches, that knocks out political correctness, and delivers a right cross to defend the Constitution. We call it Fighting Words. And now, entering the ring, retired infantry colonel, trial lawyer, and fighter for truth and justice, Kurt Schlichter. Hey everybody, this is yet another edition of Fighting Words, the Hugh Hewitt-affiliated podcast that Kurt often does in his car. Why is he doing it in his car today, you ask? It's because I'm a busy, busy man. I've got many things going. I'm like a cook with many pots on the stove. Not just four burners for me, baby. I got like 20. I'm doing all sorts of stuff. Right now, I'm in my car. I'm driving. I'm driving in my car to Glendale, which is the home of KRLA, 870 AM, The Answer, where I've guest hosted a couple times on the morning show with Jennifer Horn, who's a great person, and I did Seb Gorka on Monday, and today I'm driving in to do Dennis Prager. Yes, you heard right. Dennis Prager is turning over his show to Kurt Schlichter, a paragon of dignity, a monument to virtue. A, 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 a pian to piety. That is Dennis Prager. And he's letting Kurt Schlichter have his show for three hours. Holy cow. That's nuts. That's like having Bob Crane babysit your teenage daughter. It's a bad idea, folks. But we'll see how it turns out. I, I will try not to do much damage. I actually wore a tie today because I'm going to be on video and I want to respect the Prague. I want to respect the Prague. That's a thing. Respect the Prague. Um, no, I'm really honored. It's kind of, I mean, it's such a great opportunity to do this stuff and I am fully aware, but how did this all happen? I mean, how did this weird suburban guy who was in the army and was a stand-up and he was a lawyer, I mean, how the heck did I get here? Well, two words, first word, Andrew, second word, Breitbart, um, started writing conservative stuff in college. Okay. I went to UC San Diego. It's not the party school in San Diego. It's the virgin school in San Diego. Um, bunch of geeks, losers, and weirdos going, I can't, I can't party. It's Saturday and there's finals in nine weeks. Um, that was, that was my life during college. I was, I was the id of UC San Diego. I majored in Coors and Chicks. Um, but, uh, uh, I mean, I, I, I was writing conservative stuff. I also worked for Duncan Hunter 1.0, uh, the first Duncan Hunter. I was an intern in, uh, 86, so it's been 34 years since I was uh, I worked in Congress for a summer. So that was uh, that was that was an interesting thing. And I'm since we we try we strive to remain FCC compliant here on uh, Fighting Words. Um, I uh, I will not give you a lot of details on that. Just let me say I had a good time. Oh boy, did I have a good time. Anywho, uh, you know, and I I. I Went to the Army, got out of the Army about 30 years ago next summer, uh, next spring, and uh, went to law school and uh, worked for a, a big firm. And then uh, by, by the time I was two, three years in, I had a lot. I mean, I had my own clients. I mean, I had, you know, Fortune 500 company client. And I still got the same $500 bonus as the guy they caught sleeping under the desk. So I made a counteroffer. I said... Uh, Okay, 
how about I keep everything? And uh, me and another guy started up our firm in the South Bay because I didn't want to commute. And that's where I was living. South Bay is uh, the, the beach cities are south of uh, the airport in Los Angeles. And it's kind of like Shangri-La. It's very nice here. Um, for the most part. I mean, it's getting worse now. But long story. Anyway, I'm trying to get around to my story of how this all started. Um, uh, had my own firm. Did some stand-up comedy. Uh, you know, a couple years later, met Arena. Then, I, then we got married a couple years after that. Had kids. Stopped stand-up because I had to deploy to Kosovo, uh, which I did for from October 2004 to uh, January of 2016, or six. And we had a kid by then, so I couldn't do stand-up much. And, uh, you know, I was busy knocking stuff out, being, uh, I was in the reserves and doing stuff and, you know. And then uh, somebody introduced me, Andrew Breitbart, on Facebook. It was somebody from law school. I said, you guys got to meet. You know, you, you would like like each other. And we did. We, we ended up talking about Mexican food in San Diego and uh, new wave music. Uh, by the way, I am a Roberto's over Alberto's guy. If you're a San Diego person and you understand the Mexican food war, uh, I am team Roberto's. Carne asada, burrito con crema y guacamole. No arroz, no frijoles. That is, uh, that is a Kirschlichter burrito. So anyway, um, I saw that, uh, Andrew was starting his big Hollywood site, and uh, I saw a story, and it was, uh, they were opening the first, they had like a Star Trek reboot, and they were going to open it for our troops in Kuwait, and I thought, well, you know, big Hollywood uh, is about, you know, trashing Hollywood for being communist, but you you have to reward good behavior. You praise the good, you you hassle them about the bad, and uh, I thought, I, I, I sent a note to uh, him saying, hey, here's a good story. You know, somebody ought to write it. He writes back, well, why don't you do it? Now, I had written for the conservative paper at UC San Diego as well as the humor paper. And I had uh, written jokes in um, the 90s. You know, when you go to bars, you used to go to bars, they would have those uh, uh, TV screens where you could do trivia questions. I wrote the TV trivia questions. They would have like a tri TV trivia question. And uh, at the end, you know, it'd be like a joke. Like, uh, you know, what color was Captain Kirk's tunic? You know, and uh, I would, uh, you know, and I, I think it was either gold or lime green. I forget what the answer was. Something like that. And I would say, and then the joke would be, yeah, they got to color it stretched. Because, see, you've got a little, got a little stocky there. And uh, Fat William Shatner was my go-to. Anyway, I used to write those. I'd get three fifty each, and I bought a BMW with the money from it. So, uh by the way, I'm in a BMW now. I'm a BMW guy. I got my first BMW in uh, Stuttgart uh, for $2,000. And uh, when I was leaving, I, I, I went to sell it to a guy. And there was a, it was a young soldier. And I was only going to get like a grand out of it because I beat the hell out of it. Because I drive it on the Autobahn at like 200 miles an hour. It's amazing. And uh, I go to this kid, guy's unit. I put up an ad and I get a call. You know, hey, I'm Specialist Jones from the, you know, 15th Trans. And I'd like to buy your thing, uh, Lieutenant. And I said, oh, okay. Go over there. And uh, um, uh, I went in there and I uh, asked for, hey, is special, you know, went to the company order. Hey, is Specialist Jones here? And they all looked at me weird. 
And I was like, what is this? Now, it's a little odd, you know, an officer coming in asking for an enlisted soldier. And I said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm selling in my car. And they're like, oh, phew, because he got caught with a boy in his wall locker the other day during inspection. We were kind of wondering. I'm like, yee. Anyway, I'm taking a long way on this one. So anyway, um, I write this thing for Andrew Breitbart. And uh, it's funny. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a humorous guy. I got a little sense of humor. I do a joke or two. And it's also, you know, it was good. And he goes, okay, what, what, what next? I get this, like, uh, writer's packet. Interestingly, I did not get a non-disclosure agreement. I was one of the first Breitbart guys, but I never I never signed any papers. I never had a non-disclosure agreement with him, uh, with Breitbart. So, which, I'll tell you that story in a minute. So... I, I write another one, and another one just starts. And I'm writing and writing and writing. And eventually, unfortunately, Andrew died of a heart attack. Now, I had lunch with him about two weeks before. He looked terrible, folks. I mean, he was sweaty, uh, puffy. I was like, Andrew, you got to slow down. No, I can't slow down. I'm like, dude, you're just not, you know, this isn't going to work out well. you gotta, you got to take some time. Unfortunately, he did have a heart attack. Now, lots of people think he was poisoned. He was, I got to tell you, man, guy's burning candle at both ends. Uh, a lot of us tried to intervene. Uh, he also had a heart defect. It, it, you know, I, I'm, I'm always down to believe the worst, but in this case, you know, the guy worked himself to death. He worked himself to death for you and to me, okay? Uh, he is a hero. He was a visionary. Love the guy, you know, and uh, I'm not alone. You know, it's not like, yes, I was a personal friend of Andrew. Everyone was. Everyone was a personal friend of Andrew. He was that kind of guy. And what a great influence. But he brought me into this. Uh, I eventually left Breitbart when they told me they weren't going to run a story I wanted to write on, uh, what was that idiot named in Missouri, the weird one? Uh, Todd something. He was the senator who had, you know, weird views on rape or something. I was like, ah, God dump him. He's become a liability. Don't care. Next. Because I'm very unsentimental about politicians. If you... If you cease to be useful, you must, you know, you, you, you get discarded. There's no such thing as loyalty to a politician. Politicians must be loyal to you, but they are a toy means to an end. I am, I am quite ruthless. I'm an infantry guy. Next, attack. Okay, took casualties. Next, attack. That's just how it has to be. Anyway, so I quit, and I went and I bounced around a couple other places and eventually landed at Town Hall, and I've been there ever since. I think I've been there about eight years. And, you know, I write Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and uh, I do uh, my unredacted podcast over there. So if you want to hear some F-bombs, you'll want to want to join in that, uh, that magic. Oh, man, it's sunny out here. So, uh, where am I? Oh, oh, yeah. Let me get to my NDA story, because you guys are going to love this. So, it's 20... 16, I'm doing a jury trial in San Diego. And I won't do media when I'm doing a jury trial. Now, this is when I was doing... Now, I had already been kicked off CNN in December of 15 when I got in a giant fight with Don Lemon. And you can put... You can uh, Google Kurt Schlichter Don Lemon YouTube. It's where he started uh, telling me I couldn't say something. Now, what I was saying was... Uh, Bill Clinton used his intern like a humidor. And he didn't like that, so I said it again. And he cut my mic, and I got thousands of new followers and never had to go to CNN again, which is great because CNN 
is like an hour and a half away. It's in Hollywood. It's on side streets. It's just a giant pain in the ass to go go to Hollywood. So I have not missed not going to CNN. Anyway, I'm in this jury trial in San Diego, uh, which is one of the few cases I lost. I did lose that case, uh, which still ticks me off because I should have won. But anyway, uh, and I don't lose that many cases. But then again, if you never lose cases, you never try cases. Be that as it may, I go to San Diego. I, I, I go out the court and my phone has exploded. I, fortunately, I've silenced it. I'm like, what the hell is this? And it's all these producers from CNN and they all want me. So I listen to one of the messages and it's like, hi, Kurt. Hey, how are you? It's been a while. You know, we, we just thought we'd like to talk to you a little about, uh, uh, about, uh, 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 this, uh, thing with, uh, uh, Steve Bannon, you know, who, who just became, uh, uh, Trump's campaign manager. And, uh, you know, we really wanted to talk to you and I figured out what it was. No one from Breitbart could talk to him because they all came in and they all signed non-disclosure agreements. I never had. I was the only one who had. And um, so I was a big commodity. And uh, I, I think I called up, I think it was Lemon's producer. I mean, literally like five or six of them called me. And they're all like, hey, Kurt. Hey, good to talk to you. It's been a while. And I'm, uh, hey, uh, yeah, I, uh, I I got your message. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, would you, would you come on? Well, uh. I've got a lot of really good information that you'd really like, man. Some of this stuff is great. Oh, boy, this sounds terrific. Yeah, it would really make for a great show, except screw you. I'm not doing it for you. You get nothing. You get nothing because you're a blankety-blank, and I, I want to remain FCC compliant, um, but, you know, I, you know, Don Lemon, no, I'm not going to do any. And they were very sad. Uh, sadly, I couldn't go on any show. Uh, because uh, I was in a trial, and I don't do media when I'm in trials. So that was my that's my that's my Andrew Breitbart non-disclosure agreement story. Great, huh? Riveting, right? So uh, anyway, there we are. Oh uh, boy. So let me. Oh man. So anyway, and now I am uh, I am approaching downtown Los Angeles. I've gone great distance. There's no traffic out because of this COVID. You know, yesterday, uh, Governor Hairstyle came out and extended the uh, lockdown, which everyone is ignoring. I'm ignoring it. I, I'm just not going to do it. I, I have decided I am not going to participate. Now, as you well know, I have had COVID. I am immune to this disease. I cannot be affected by it. The puny virus has attempted to step to me. I beat the crap out of it and broke its spirit and left it crying in a heap on the floor. So I'm immune because I've, I've had it in one. Uh, and naturally, they're going to demand that I take a vaccine because reasons and they're stupid and it's kind of idiocy. But the point is, there's nobody out. I'm on uh, the 110. If you know the 110, that, that goes north-south, right through the heart of the city, and it is about, what is it? It's about 8 a.m. in the morning. Dude, there's no one on the road. Now, I'm in the, I, I'm in the uh, HOV lane because I, uh, I have my little fast pass thing. And I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't play, you know, standard road stuff. Okay. It's always fast pass for the K-Dog. But, uh, no, no, there's nobody out. It's, there's nobody over on the uh, other side. There's nobody in my lane. It's kind of a, 
know, and I got somebody tailgating me. I guess 95 isn't fast enough for you, right? But, yeah, it's just, uh, uh, I think, I, I don't think it's because people are staying home because of COVID. I think it's because we have major changes in how we live and work. And I think COVID has accelerated those changes. I think, first of all, if you're invested in uh, commercial real estate, dude, I'm sorry. I think it's going to be a disaster. I think the the time of the traditional office, uh, while not completely passed, is it's going to be very different. Uh, even in even in my world, I found I can do a lot of work from home, and the idea of having a giant footprint uh, of an office is uh, questionable. You know, is this is this something we need to do? Can people be more efficient at home? Can it be cheaper? And uh, still get everything done. And we're, we're looking at that. Everybody else is looking at that. It is uh, a new world. And I think uh, there's a woman and she's in her car and uh, she's got a mask on. And there goes a sheriff roaring by me. I'm doing 74. So he's got to be doing 80. Uh, just think about that. Doing 80 on the 110 at 8 a.m. on a Wednesday morning. Northbound because I'm going to Glendale. I mean, that's kooky. Now, okay, I see some traffic starting and it's starting to get a little starting to go a little uh a little trafficy up here. But uh that's uh it's still it's it's just weird. If you're from Los Angeles, it's just weird. But Except for that, everybody's doing everything normal. The only thing I'm not doing is I'm not going out to eat. I can't go eat at restaurants because these goose-stepping Nazi fascist bastards have shut down the restaurants. Uh, not the ones they like. You know, if you want to go to the French Laundry with Given a Hairstyle, you're in luck. Uh, but, uh, you know, the ones I like, the ones you like, the ones normal people work at. Hey, look, the Hollywood sign. That's awesome. LA's kind of cool. There's some good things about LA. But the bad thing is these people are a bunch of fascists. And they're stupid. And they're incompetent. And they're inept. And I'm tired of it. I'm, I'm very tired of it. And I'm tired of COVID. And I am, I am tired of the kind of stupidity I'm hearing. For instance, they're talking about the vaccine yesterday at a big news conference. And they're like, well, we have criteria that we're not allowed to use when distributing the vaccine vaccine. It includes race, sex, gender identity, gender orientation, perceived gender, age, uh, and then this whole other list, veterans, this whole list of things. And all I can think of is, wait a minute, how's that science? Because if old people need it more than young people, you should discriminate on basis of age. And I, my understanding is that, uh, for instance, black Americans are more vulnerable to the disease than uh, uh, Americans of other racial groups. I would think that that would indicate that they should get some sort of priority because you want to get to the people who need it most. I don't care what race it is. That's not that's not bigotry. That's that's being reasonable. That's saying, hey, you guys are in the most danger. You go first. I don't I, I don't care. Now, my my my, you know, my racial identity is miracle whip. All right. I look at Mitt Romney and think he's ethnic. But if you have if, if there are certain groups who uh, 
real science, not fake science, but real science tell us, look, you know, black Americans are 70% more likely to uh, uh, have a serious illness. I would think that black Americans should get priority over other Americans simply because of that fact. And that's not, that's not wokeness. That's not being an SJW. That's being a conservative. You look at the evidence, you look at the facts, and you make a hard call. And when you only have a limited number of vaccines, you're going to be making some hard calls. And one of the hard calls is, okay, you get, you, you've got to wait, and you don't. Now, me, I should be at the end of the line. I have had it already. I've had the disease. I've, had, I've survived. You know, I somehow skated through the 99.95% survival rate uh, and, and survived. And uh, also, my, my, my demographics and my age and everything indicate that I'm just unlikely to be seriously injured by it. And in fact, I wasn't. It was like a mild head cold. Uh, so I should go to the end of the line. I got no problem with that. I'm a military guy. You've got to be ruthless. And these guys can't do that. They're, they're sitting there and they're, they're babbling at this, at this press conference. And it's completely, it's completely inane. Here's what I want. I want hard decisions and an explanation. Ladies and gentlemen, we have decided that, uh, you know, we are going to uh, focus on elderly people, particularly uh, elderly people in areas of uh, high uh, vulnerable population uh, areas. And that's going to be the first because they're the most likely to die. And everyone will look around and go, oh, okay, that sounds good. This stuff about healthcare workers getting it first Ah, I, I, we got to talk about that. I'm not sure that's a great idea. Now, it may be. I could be convinced. I'm open to evidence. I can change my mind. But if you have like a 24-year-old nurse, you know, give it to the old person. At least that's what I'm thinking now. Now, of course, we had, unfortunately, we had that uh, uh, winning congressional candidate in uh, Louisiana who caught it and died. Apparently, he died of a heart attack related to it. So it wasn't exactly it. But yes, young people can get it. And of course, as soon as I got it, I'm bombarded by, you know, I knew this uh, 31-year-old triathlete and uh, he got it and spontaneously combusted. Why do you tell me these things? How about, yeah, I knew a guy, he was 63 and kind of pudgy and uh, didn't work out much and he had it and after about two weeks he was better. You know, that's like 99.9% of the stories. Instead, it's always said, well, I heard there's one guy in Maine. You know, that, that's the thing about people. People aren't, people are driven by emotion. People are driven by fear. And what you ought to be driven by is data and percentages. And that doesn't mean you can't be compassionate. That's, that, that the most compassionate... Saving the most lives is the most compassionate thing. Ending the most pain is the most compassionate thing. And unless you can convince me there is a better way to do that than to rigorously apply the information that we have, you know, I, I, I say we rigorously apply the, the information we have. And yes, some people are going to go, but I really want it. Well, you know, I want a freaking pony. Okay, there, there is room for self-sacrifice, people. You don't have to go first. You can say, you know, I'm going to let, you know, the 79-year-old uh, guy in an old folks' home go first. 
he should get it first because he's in more danger than me. I am more likely, much more likely to survive. I might not survive. I might be the unlucky .001 guy. That's true. But you know, I'm willing to roll the dice because I think, because the most likely result is both of us are cool if I just don't be selfish. It's like the prisoner's dilemma. You cooperate and graduate. You start going on your own, you may slightly increase your chance, but your chance is already pretty damn good, unless you have a comorbidity, in which case you should be in the front of the line. So, anyway. I've been talking and talking and talking as I've been driving and driving and driving. I'm now through Los Angeles. If you understand what that means, that this con- that, that since you've been listening to this, I am literally north of Los Angeles getting on the 5 North. Uh, coming from the South Bay of Los Angeles. Do you understand what it means to have done that in, how long have I done 24 minutes? You'd be like, whoa! So, I guess there is something good about COVID, combined with holidays. I guess that's, that's something. It's always a silver lining. There's always a silver lining here on Fighting Words. The Hugh Hewitt Affiliate Podcast, starring Kurt Schlichter, produced by Kurt Schlichter, written by Kurt Schlichter, performed by Kurt Schlichter, gaffer Kurt Schlichter, best boy Kurt Schlichter. I want you guys to uh, uh, have a great new year. I hope your uh, Kwanzaa has been uh, uh, thoroughly righteous. And uh, I want you to go get Crisis. Crisis is my new book. Got to 29 on Amazon. It is a lot of fun. Conservative action adventure. There's guns, and there's making fun of liberals, and explosions. It's, I think it's incredible. It's a lot of fun, and I'm writing the next one. I've already written the last, I started the last chapter first. So, The Split will be out in, uh, in May, and you can have, uh, you'll be able to get book six, but get book five now, okay? So, there we go. That's how I roll. This is Kurt Schlichter, and that's enough fighting words for this week. Bye-bye.